Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another fun and exciting quest through the world of video games. But today, we are taking a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a left turn, some may say, and we're going to be venturing into the world of movies. Ooh. Ooh. But... Big butt. I keep saying butt a lot, but here we go. <laughs> the rear end. The rear end, though, is that. That's so dumb. <laughs> We're going to be. The booty talking... Maximus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Maximus is that we will be going over video game movies. Got a couple of them lined up for you. And we all know how amazing video game movies can be. They're just the gems of our world. Yes, Blood Rain, never forget. Oh, boy. Or the new Monster Hunter movie? Hell yeah. Oh, I forgot that existed already. Uh, amazing stuff. But unfortunately, we will not be going over those movies today. We found, we found some amazing gems for you to talk about. And before we go into what those movies actually are, let's start things off by going over some things that excited us this week with our joyous plugs. So what do you have for us this week, Chris? Uh, I've been playing a lot of that new DLC for Ghost of Tsushima, oh, cool. and it's awesome. I I played the original, or I played the main game on a, just a base PlayStation 4 when it came out, and now that it's been like upgraded and all that shit for the PlayStation 5, it is beautiful, and it's like 60 frames per second, like, it's so smooth, and it just, it feels more like I'm in a movie, almost, nice. like... I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun with it, even though a lot of the stuff they added into the island is pretty much more the same to an extent. It's I'm having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, it's such a beautiful game. It's one of the few games where I'm more in photo mode than anything else. Right. Yeah. What about you? Oh, this week, I mean, just recently... I've been hearing a lot of different podcasts talk about this show, and I decided to check it out, and I'm so happy I did. Uh, I started watching Ted Lasso, Ooh. and for those of you who don't know what Ted Lasso is, it's a Apple TV exclusive show where you have a you know you have a football coach who ends up going to the UK to start coaching a soccer league, and that based off that premise, it sounds not very exciting. Not gonna lie, <laughs> sounds pretty yeah. simple. But the this this show, oh my gosh. It's if you're looking for something that really hits those feels and just one of those shows remember back in the day how we had a lot of stuff that was more just happy TV. Wholesome. Just, just wholesome, like learn something, just no real like horrible conflicts. It wasn't the end of the world, just very simple stuff. And that is exactly what Ted Lasso is. And I think it comes at the right time for us. Uh we couldn't ask for something better right now than Ted Lasso because it's his character is just so true and genuine and they do touch on a lot of very serious subjects like divorce and cheating and just ego within the community and it, it really hits on a lot of separate things but it does it in a very lighthearted way and like I said in a very wholesome way so if you guys haven't checked out Ted Lasso and you have an Apple TV subscription definitely 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 Give it a watch. And if you don't have Apple TV, get it. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a one month free trial thing. You can go out there and just binge the hell out of this show real quick and just enjoy some wholesome TV. 
Yeah, if you have uh, PlayStation Plus, I think they actually give you a free, like, month or four months or something like that. So Perfect. It's a good way of checking it out. Yeah, there you go. Easy way. And definitely one to check out. Please do. Please do. <laughs> if you need hmm. something. I know we all need a little bit of happy in our life right now. So, Just a little. Just a little bit. Better luck next time. Losers. <laughs> Eat some fish, buttheads! No, no! All right, so for today's episode, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to be going over video game movies. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. And yeah. I feel like we picked out a couple... Like, we could have went the route of picking out, like, the really horrible ones, right? We could have picked out the Blood Rains. We could have picked out just... I mean, any one of the Blood Rains, honestly. Just keep going. <laughs> or Resident <laughs> or Evil. Go with the Resident Evil. I don't Evil. care what like, people say. They, sure, blockbuster hits, but good movies? I don't think so. Like, they're not great. So we went we went a little different route with it. We, we, we decided to pick some of the ones that you might not have heard of. Kind of like the, I would say these are a couple of the hidden gems in the video game movie genre. So... For the first one that we're going to be going over, we're going to be going over Double Dragon. Man, Double Dragon, uh, for those of you who don't game. know, it's a great game. It's a classic beat-em-up um, beat game. Um, it, I would say it's even one of like the first ones, right, that kind of started the whole genre out. and got Yeah, people... then like Fatal Fury. Yeah, like these games are really, really fun. And actually, Double Dragon, for those of you who don't know, has actually sparked off a lot of different other series, things like Battletoads. Or things like that, right? And the main characters of Double Dragon have actually been in about 14 different games. And they're all classic beat-em-up style games. Uh, I think they even have a fighter game, too, out there. for If you guys want to check that out, too. If, if beat-em-ups aren't your thing, they do have a more of a classic fighting game, too. But in 1994, they decided to make a live-action version of Double Dragon, the game. And for those of you, you might be thinking, how the hell are you going to make a beat-em-up into a movie? Well, they did it. And I got to say, I freaking love this movie. <laughs> it's hmm. so bad, it's good. It's 90s all the way from the bad hair, bad acting, overly cheesy scenes, just purely amazing stuff. You got to love it. And of course, they did the whole Power Rangers trope in there, too, where the main characters are classically in red and blue in the games. And guess what? All their clothes have some sort of red or blue in them as well to distinguish between the two characters. So it's just a really, really cool. Just, yeah, it really brings back a lot of good, like I said, heartwarming feelings and just good nostalgia feels all the way around. But uh, have What's your thoughts on the Double Dragon movie, if you watched it, from what you've seen of it? Uh, I saw, like, maybe half of it, and I had to go to bed early, but I liked what I saw. I think out of the movies that we want to talk about, it's probably one of the better ones, just because, to me, it captures that 80s kung fu action fisticuffs action you know it yeah it surprised me i i went into it thinking it was going to be terrible and lame like the street fighter movie but yeah. it was actually kind of cool i don't know i liked it 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 definitely surprised me 
And I love just how 80s the movie felt. And what's great about this film, too, is while it is goofy, it doesn't take itself too seriously at all. Throughout the whole time, you can tell that the actors are just having fun with this, mm-hmm. which is it's nice. It's a nice little instead of just trying to make something super serious, they poke fun out of a lot of things here. And it's kind of interesting that they put such a deep story or background to the environment itself. So they're living in New Angeles, which is Los Angeles, right? (laughs) But they actually, so there was a big earthquake that happened. It ended up flooding all of Los Angeles, which could happen currently. Um, And now they're in this type of like dystopian environment. And the gangs have taken over. They own the night. So there was a truce early on right after the earthquakes happened in which the gangs own the night and the cops police during the day and leave the gangs alone once the sun goes down. So there's a pretty hard curfew in place right now. And that's I mean, it's reminiscent of what we're going through now. Like we keep talking about curfews and all that and like just chaos in the streets. It's just it's interesting to see that this is going on. And I think the movie's actually set in like 2008, <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> so it's it yeah, the world kind of fell apart in America. So, right. It started to at least. And they actually go into like uh, genetically modifying humans as well, uh, which one of the characters is actually a character from the game franchise, too. Uh, I believe his name was, oh, yeah, it was Obobo. Mm. And the sprite for Obobo, he's just a massive pile of meat. Like, he's just a big fucking dude, right? Um, and actually, in the movie, Obobo is exactly that. They use practical graphics because time frame, right? But it looks surprisingly good. And it really reminds me of that movie. Um, what was it called? Have you seen Freak Show? I have not. Okay. So for those of you who haven't seen Freak Show, definitely give that one a watch too um, because it is a trip. And it's you'll, you might not notice it, but Keanu Reeves does have a cameo in this movie called Freak Show uh, where <laughs> he's a werewolf milkman. And it came out around the time during Bill and Ted, uh, Excellent Adventure too. So kind of has those same vibes to it, but mm. it's just a, it's a city full of monsters and you would never know it's Keanu Reeves because he's just fully covered in prosthetic makeup. So it's just kind of funny to see that, but you can see the same kind of uh, prosthetic uses and stuff like that with his character, Obobo, where he's been modified to be the, as strong as 10 men. So of course his traps are so big, it's covering his ears. Like he's just this big hulking like fucking guy. And he actually has a pretty interesting character arc uh, throughout the movie where at first he's a jerk and then he realizes he's a monster and he ends up reconciling for it and becomes friends with the main characters, which I think is kind of funny to see. So <laughs> they even give the monster a really nice arc in the end. But, oh, actually, I uh, never mentioned it, but the main characters' names are Billy and Jimmy Lee. They are brothers, um, hmm. which I think is kind of funny because with the characters that, or the actors that portrayed them, it's obviously just some white guy and an Asian guy. <laughs> and they're supposed to be actual brothers. But you can tell that there's no relation whatsoever between the two. Um, still great, great game. Great game, great movie to check out. And actually, the character of Jimmy is played by uh, Mark DeCosas, who is an amazing actor, and he's done a lot of really different things. And 
he's uh what was it yeah he was the nephew of the iron chef chairman oh so mm-hmm. and he actually i think he did iron chef america as well and he's actually an martial artist you can tell one of the nice things that i noticed when watching this was that you could tell whenever he's the one actually doing the stunts and he's actually doing a lot of them in the movie so it was cool to see that um but then of course his counterpart billy who he's just a goofy fighter you you can tell he doesn't really have any classical training when it comes to fighting (laughs) (laughs) so he's the one doing the gag stuff like you know hitting people in the nuts or jumping on people's backs and giving them a noogie while during like a karate match and shit like that (laughs) so (laughs) it's a little over the top yeah but that that's one of the things that i loved about it was how they obviously aren't taking themselves too seriously so it just makes it that much more enjoyable to watch yeah, so, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it, it's it's good. I it was it's really enjoyable, but the, I don't know, man. It's one of those where, like, the Resident Evil movies. Sure, the first one was okay. It was good, right? It's decent, but mm-hmm. it it doesn't hold to like the test of time, right? And I think because this movie let itself be goofy it holds up a lot more. I think it's the same thing with like Street Fighter. Uh, Street Fighter movie definitely isn't a great movie, but I can still watch it. Whereas whenever I put on Resident Evil, like I have a hard time continuing to watch that movie just because it's not that same, like... It's generic. Yeah, it's something we've seen before. They're trying to be serious. They're trying to make something out of something that's supposed to be just really purely enjoyable and fun. And you just can't do that. It just doesn't work. thrown in nemesis in the beginning and just i don't know actually kept to like a game story or something it would have been more interesting like i feel like those movies just i don't know they didn't capture that same feeling that the resident evil games gave me you know and i feel like that's what really bummed me out after watching the first one yeah yeah agreed for sure and here's my favorite part about this movie so the main villain, Koga Shuko, Shuko, who's another white guy, of course, <laughs> it's actually Robert Patrick. And for those hmm. of you who don't know who Robert Patrick is, watch Terminator 2 right now. He is the cop. He is the main villain. He is the T-1000 for Terminator 2. And then he comes in here with his high top, his bleached high top and black goatee. And just like totally over the top, like MC Hammer looking suit. <laughs> and it's just, it's great to see him as a villain, like an overly cheesy villain. So, oh, I mean, yeah. this guy's got range for sure. Uh, but, you know, some other shout outs to people who are actually in this movie. You got Vanna White from Jeopardy. Really? Yeah, she's in there. She has, she's the weather lady, I believe. Or no, she's not the weather lady. She's one of the anchors that they keep showing on the news channel. Um, and another surprising person that's in this movie is Andy Dick. Andy really? Dick, yeah, he's actually another one of the newscasters that's just playing in the background. And I do really like what they did with this. I think it's really smart. Um, and I think a lot of other movies should kind of take from this idea, which sounds weird that it's like, oh, yeah, steal from Double Dragon. They did something interesting. But <laughs> so <laughs> they the way that they dropped in a lot of like the world building was through the news that was playing in the background. And it could be like, they're sitting at a diner and you just happen to hear like 
them talking about the weather or how like there's acid rain again or the economy is failing or whatever it may be. But it's being played out as if like the news just playing in the background. And it's giving a lot of little like hints and things at the way that the world currently is. And I, I don't know. I really like the way they did that. So it, you don't have to waste time giving a whole like backstory to the world. You can just throw people into this, let them enjoy it. And if they want to know more, it's there. They just have to listen for it. Right. It's just not being thrown in their face, but it is being like absorbed osmosis style into their minds and creating the world that they're living in or viewing at least. So it's, it's pretty clever. I like the way that they did that. Yeah. So there's a lot of just really fun stuff with this. I mean, main story behind it, of course, there's a medallion that's been hidden from the world that has ultimate power. And of course, Kogoshoku or Shuko is trying to take it for himself He's supposed to be a master martial artist, eventually gets it, gains control of the gangs. And then, you know, the the main characters, Jimmy and Billy, defeat the big bad and become basically the kings of New Los Angeles or New Angeles. Not New they Los become Angeles. the double dragon. Yeah, they get the double dragon powers. Oh, my the God. Double D. And I got to say, <laughs> every time Jimmy Lee says <laughs> dragon in it, all I could think of was Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh!, he has such a heavy accent when saying dragon. <laughs> it just reminds me of it. So he's like, I play my red eyes black dragon. <laughs> oh, no. It, I, I couldn't help but giggle every time I was listening to that. So that was just, that made it that much more enjoyable for me. That's for sure. <laughs> but such a cheesy movie. And if you're in the mood for an ultimate cheesy movie, check out Double Dragon. It's it's enjoyable if you like movies that are so bad they're good this is definitely one to check out for sure yeah hey lwe i challenge you to a beat up say what all right so moving on to movie game number two are you ready for this no i'm scared you should be you should be all right so this movie is called the fp and for most people, that's not going to ring a bell for <laughs> as a movie. Many or, reasons. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. So what the FP is, oh gosh, it's so hard to explain this movie, but I have such good, good memories of this movie. Okay, before we jump into what this movie is, I just got to share a little story behind it. Um, when I first moved out to California... I moved back to California, at least. Uh, I was hanging out with my uncle a lot, and he showed me this trailer, and I just automatically fell in love. And I kept trying to get people at work to go with me to go watch this movie because, you know, I just moved back in town trying to make friends again, you know, like kind of create that social circle for myself. And absolutely nobody wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> Everyone was like, really? Like... Uh, let's do something else or let's go watch a different movie. And I was like, no, we have to watch the FP. Damn it. Like this has to be a thing. Like we're going to remember this. <laughs> like <laughs> this is a moment. This is it's an experience. This is, this is one of those moments in your life that you will never forget and you'll be happy you did it. Right. So I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And then I finally convinced one person to go with me. Um, and that was my now fiance. She huh. actually, this is the first time we hung out together. 
uh, by ourselves and we watched this movie. We actually went opening day to the FP and wow, this movie was only out in theaters for like two days <laughs> and then they got pulled very quickly. And if you've seen it, you know why, like the, the language in this movie is I'm not like approved about it. Like it's fine, but they really took it to a whole nother level of you probably shouldn't say that on TV. <laughs> it's it's uh especially by today's standards and granted this movie came out 10 years ago we're still it's, though yeah <laughs> it's not very politically correct let's let's just put it that way like no. everyone's throwing like that early 2000s slang around and it's just like I, I when i i wasn't paying attention when they were dropping some words and i was like what wait what yeah. what was just said and then, like, it's said multiple times, like, this movie's really out there. <laughs> and here's the thing. There's only one Asian person in the whole movie. Everyone else is white. So yeah, for them to be talking so, quote, unquote, urban, I guess, like, that's even a wrong way to describe it. But, yeah, they that just kind of sets the scene. They go really far out with this movie. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. <laughs> hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. Ugh. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. I, let me, I'm going to try and give the FP a, like, a synopsis that is not goofy for a second. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try. All right. So the FP is a trailer park. <laughs> it's already bad. <laughs> After a bad start already. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trailer park. And in the trailer park, there happens to be a kind of gang war going on between two different factions. You have, I believe, the 248 and the 247. And it's basically kind of like lot numbers within the park. Right. It's different mm -hmm. sections. And the way it's broken up, it's actually north and south. 
And they happen to say that they're going through a civil war in the FP where people are fighting for, you know, ownership of it all. And it one interesting concept that they did within the the costume designing. And the only reason why I caught this is probably because I've seen this movie like six times now at this point. So I actually started paying attention to the things around them and not what they were saying. But the ones from the South FP actually are rocking a lot of like Confederate flags and hats and things like that. But it's hidden within their like accoutrement of random attire because they look like a thrift store threw up on them. Like that's that's what the the wardrobe looks like. It's, It's pretty bad. Where it's just like jumpsuits with glitter and just random gold and graffiti written everywhere. And then they throw on like a Confederate hat, but then they put like like raver shit all over it. It's just it's mm-hmm. all over the place. Like this movie's insane. Like even the main character is wearing do you remember those belt buckles that were like the LED belt buckles? Oh yes, yeah. I do. You can program it to say whatever you want it to, it just scrolls across. Well, the main character, your hero of this movie is wearing one of those. <laughs> so that's probably the most serious I can get before getting into the goofy part about this. And for most, that's people, they're probably going to say, well, where's the video game, right? There's no game in that. What, oh, what, boy. What game is this based off of? The well, best game. In here, actually, for legal reasons, the game that they're playing in the FP to solve all of their gang wars... All of their fighting is done through Beat Beat Revelation. Or for people who do, <laughs> for <laughs> us, it's Dance Dance Revolution. So this is a DDR trailer trash gang warfare movie. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But I absolutely love and adore this movie. And... I recommend everybody to watch this because it's just so outlandish and insane. So some of the things that they do happen to say in it and are, like we mentioned, they're really, really out there. Um, There's an acronym that they keep throwing out in the movie. And I feel like they kind of did it in response to realizing they can't say this word being a bunch of white people. Um, But I'll just give you what the acronym stands for. I'm not going to say what it is. You guys can fill in the blanks. But the acronym that they keep calling each other it stands for uh, not ignorant of getting goals accomplished. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that just kind of shows you some of the fantastic chef's kiss writing that they put into this movie because it is just uh, insane. But the main that's like the worst excuse. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's so bad. It's so bad. But like I said, so bad, they're good, right? That's kind of what these movies are. Yeah, it's like the perfect movie to eat an edible and just, like, watch. Oh, my God. Like, watch this movie, Stone as Fuck. You'll love it. You will love every second of it. Uh, So, at one point, the the movie opens up, because I guarantee, regardless, nobody's going to watch this damn movie. So, I'm not afraid of spoilers. I don't care. (laughs) But you have your main character. His name is Jatro. Right. And his big brother, his big brother's name is Beatro. Go figure. Real clever there. Uh, They never give their real names because who needs them? They are. (laughs) This is the future. You don't have names. Yeah. This is who they are. They're Jatro and Beatro. So Beatro is the leader of the 287. And he's going out and uh, it opens up with him doing a 
beep beep battle with L double L double E. Sorry, there's no double there. It's dubba. L double E, who is basically the bad guy in the movie. He's the main antagonist. So Beecher is going up against him in this battle, which it's called a beat off, y'all. <laughs> so just makes it even better. Um, while they're dancing their hearts out, uh, Beatro actually gets 187 on the pad and dies while playing DDR. So <laughs> it, it's just insane, it's just dumb. But then Jatro ends up, you know, going out and getting a real job and saying, leaving the FP behind him and trying to live a normal life. When all of a sudden, Casey comes out, the little, his basic like hype boy for the whole movie comes, finds him, and drags him back to the FP because there's something wrong there and everything is falling apart and Jatro is the chosen one, the only one that can solve their problems. Now, <laughs> their problem, when I heard this in the theater, I was dying. Oh, and granted, when we went to the theaters, I do have to say that there were a total of three people in the theater on opening day. It was me, my now fiance, and one random ass dude <laughs> sitting in front of us. And the guy walked out halfway through the movie. <laughs> I believe it. So the main premise for this movie, or the, the main issue, the problem that they're trying to solve. Oh boy. It's so just fucking stupid that I love it. Because it's one of those where you can tell that they were high as hell when they came up with this idea. They're like, we need something, I don't know, man. Like, what if, okay, the main bad guy, let's just say that he owns the local liquor store. Um, he gets to say who is able to buy booze. All right, so there's no more booze. What do the alcoholics turn to? Okay, now they're all doing meth. All right, so what what happens when there's no more drunks in the town? Uh, There's no more drunks. So there's no one else hanging out by the lake and there's no one to feed the ducks. And now there's no more ducks in the FP. Now, if that just sounds completely batshit crazy to you and it makes no sense, well, guess what? That's the main problem that Jatro is there to fix. He, you gotta think about the ducks, man. Like, all, this whole movie, the mighty ducks. This whole movie is for the ducks. The whole thing is to bring alcohol back to the FP so all the alcoholics don't keep turning to meth and then they can have drunks to go to the park and feed the ducks. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Jatro comes back, right? And he ends up going through a full-on Luke Skywalker-style fucking training montage with his basically... It's basically Yoda that ends up training him. But Yoda's name is BLT in this movie. <laughs> and he teaches him how to be a better beat beat revelation dancer or fighter or whatever a leader okay so they just go through this whole crazy ordeal of him and like total like rocky montage style of him training where he's lifting weights and jumping across rocks on a river and running up a hill. And then, you know, of course he gets faster than the one that's training him. And then he goes and, you know, basically saves the FP from LWE and gets alcohol back to the community so that his girlfriend can now get booze for her alcoholic father. So he's not, oh, alcoholic cross-dressing father, sorry. Um, so he doesn't 
beat her anymore and he doesn't turn to drugs and then now the ducks come back so jesus christ it's it's a lot man this movie is just a complete mind fuck and i think that's what i really enjoyed about it and favorite thing in the movie i or at least not favorite thing but i think one of the funniest things in this movie is traditionally in movies they you know at the end the protagonist and his girlfriend they share like the final kiss at sunset right like they totally set that scene up where they go back to the lake after the big fight and everything's gonna be good they're hugging each other everybody wins final kiss as the camera pans out well (laughs) she stops him from kissing her and then she continues to drop down to her knees and then the camera starts to pan out (laughs) And that is the end of the FP. Why did I expect something different? Right? That's what I kept thinking the whole time. I was like, you know what? Yep. That's exactly how this movie had to end. Because <laughs> it is just so fucking stupid. But if you guys... I was so confused with this movie. Because when I booted it up, I thought the main character was pro-Jared. And... <laughs> what that like I thought they were going for like the escape from New York look with the character and I'm like, Oh, that's a cool homage. Yeah, he looks just like Snake Blitzen or Blitzkin or whatever, right? Yeah. He does. That's why I was confused. I'm like, oh, they're just copying. And then those stupid boots, like, how do you <laughs> dance in those stupid <laughs> God, this movie? Oh man, and I, you know, I, I feel like I'm gonna flood our Instagram feed with a bunch of screenshots from this movie. So don't worry, guys, you'll see. And I recommend you watch it. It's on Hulu. You can watch it right now. It's fine. It's cool. I really don't understand how it's on Hulu. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but I what know. I don't understand even more is that there's a sequel to this movie called Beats of Rage. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch that fucking movie. (laughs) And apparently there's a third movie that's already finished. They just haven't released it. And they're producing a fourth movie. And I'm like, who does that? Like, who who makes two, like, a third movie and then is already doing a fourth without even releasing the third yet? And it's just like, they're... (laughs) So I think the big thing about this movie, too, is this movie definitely would not have been made if it wasn't for the production company that made it. Um, Mm. It's produced and made by Trost Brothers. um, And I guarantee most people haven't heard of Trost Brothers, but that's fine. Um, And the main characters, Beatro and Jatro, are the Trost Brothers. (laughs) That's them. It's their movie, so they can do whatever the hell they want. (laughs) and it's um i think the costume designer is like their mom or something and one of the main producers of the film is like the dad i think like it's just a family movie that they just made together oh that makes sense so yeah they're they're just having fun at this point and i you know I, i think more power to them like have fun go do your crazy ass movie I mean, I'm surprised no one has really called them out too much on some of the language that they've been using. But, you know, it's fine. (laughs) That's what I was surprised about. Because I was trying to do, like, some pulling up to see, you know, like, if anyone's taking the Twitter about it or nothing. And I'm like, did this movie just fly under the radar that much? Where 
Yeah. You know, I'm like, hmm. The, the first time that we came across the trailer was during Comic-Con. Um, I think Comic-Con 2011 was oh, the first God, time that... Oh, played at Comic-Con? Yeah, the trailer played at some random booth. I forgot where it was, but that's kind of where we heard about it, but no one was really talking about it. And then after that, they just stopped showing the trailer. Like, it just wasn't around. <laughs> the only way you could find it is if you Googled it on YouTube or whatever it was, right? Like, you had to search for this trailer, um, and then when it came out, I was so shocked that it was coming out in theaters. Uh, it was insane to think about because no one knows about this movie. <laughs> mm. and, and it's a fucking DDR movie. Come on. <laughs> so, of course, I had to go see it in theaters. I mean, how could you not? If you, I don't know, man, the hype was there and I was so happy to go watch this movie. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one that I will never forget because of just how insane and stupid it is. <laughs> So, I did some thinking, mm. and oh, that's dangerous. There, yeah, it it is. And I was thinking of like, oh, what are some other good game movies, right? Or movies that have games? Since you brought up DDR, yeah. And I've briefly talked about this movie on. Oh my god, I think it was like one of the first episodes we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie came out in two thousand seven. And it's considered a buddy drama, which I've never heard of that style of drama. But apparently there's a whole genre of movies out there that it's just two people that work together to make their life better or something like that. But anyway, like a buddy cop, but not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. (laughs) But uh, so this movie stars Adam Sandler. And I know, but it's a serious movie. So that's when he's actually a good actor. Like, and no, I'm just kidding. Don, oh, <laughs> Grown Ups yeah. and Don <laughs> Cheadle. Very interesting combination between the two. Weird. But a uh, movie's called Rain Over Me. Oh, yeah. And it's I worked at the movie theater around the time it came out. And I was like, a lot of times on my lunch break, I would just sit in the movie and just watch, you know? Mm-hmm. And I sat in this one because it, it was kind of popular. A lot of people were watching and I was like, oh, I'll see what it is. I need something that's not like action. And it's basically about Adam Sandler. It's a movie that takes place after 9-11. So the towers fell and Sandler's like wife and daughters passed away. Mm -hmm. And the movie basically follows him, you know, in his depression. And he went from being, you know, clean cut normal life to just being long hair always has headphones on just you know sec- secluded from the world right shutting everyone and, out. yeah yeah and his the thing that kind of carries him through and the movie actually plays a lot back to it is shadow of the colossus mm-hmm. and he they basically show it as like the journey in that game is like him coming out of his depression like his thoughts, his emotions are the Colossus. And, you know, he even brings it up in like his conversations with his friend mm-hmm. who's Don Cheadle. And he seems to have a successful life, but he's actually really depressed too. And so these two kind of, they were old friends and he was, Cheadle was surprised by Sandler's long hair and how unwell he was doing. And they both kind of compliment each other and try to, get each other's life back on track by, you know, jumping stories and stuff. 
But Sandler's always bringing up Shadow of the Colossus to him. And, you know, he's always like, oh, yeah, it's just a game. But he's like, no, like, this game means more than that. And it was, I thought it was really interesting because, you know, not talking about FP with product <laughs> placement, but usually when it's a Sony, Sony product, it's just product placement. You know, it's just thrown there for no reason. Like, we saw at the Spider-Man trailer yesterday. Well, it'll be a week from now, probably. But yeah. they just throw a PlayStation 5 controller in there, and it's like, oh, yes, Sony, product placement. But right. this game, like, actually, or movie, actually did something deeper with it. And I I think that's really awesome, you know, see, using a game not only in a positive light, but as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I was really surprised by it when I saw it on my lunch break. I'm like, oh, now I want to watch the whole movie. And it was actually good. And that was the movie that made me realize Adam Sandler can be good, like in a serious role, you know? I mean, the last movie I saw of him was Uncut Gems, which at first I hated it, but then I realized what it was trying to do. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good for what it was setting itself out to do. I haven't seen that one. It's just, there's no rest. Like it's just nonstop something going on. Like you're, I'm not usually into those kind of movies sometimes because I just like to chill, but it was good in that sense that there's always something ramping up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that was when I, we were thinking of this episode, I was like, Oh, this would be a good one to like bring up. Cause I mean, I feel like not many people really know the movie, especially people that play games and stuff. Right. Cause they don't really want to watch a movie like this, but it was good for what it was, you know? And I mean, I know there's a lot of other like good movies out there that have games. And I mean, just look at the wizard and ah, there's a lot of good game movies out there. It's just, everyone focuses on the bad ones. Like I, super Mario brothers. I, I do like that. It, it's a different take on the video game movie, right? It's not just taking the franchise of the game and figuring out how to make a hour and a half long film out of it. It's mm-hmm. showing how games can actually impact our lives and, yeah. and you know, be positive for people. Um, like, that's that's amazing that Sony was able or actually took the gamble on that of allowing a franchise like Shadow of the Colossus become, like, a video game movie, I guess, right? Yeah. And, like, there's even... I, I really like the stories that do that. There's another... There's an Asian drama. It's called, like, Father of Light. I was just going to talk about that. Yeah, I love that show. And I love the fact that they are, it's not just a gaming movie or show. It's taking what you can learn from these games and incorporating them into life. And I think that's bringing more of like maturity to the gaming community. And just like I said, just showing how much that they can actually help people. But yeah, go ahead. uh, Let people know what Father of Light is. As a big fan of Final Fantasy XIV, it's kind of, it's the game of choice in Father of Light or Dad of Light. And basically, it's it's a Japanese film, and the father is working hard. He's always working. He doesn't really pay attention much to his family. And he has a teenage son. I think he's teenage. Mm-hmm. But it, it's an older son, you know, that knows what's going on. But he's really distant with his family. And you know, his son resents him for it. Like, they don't talk. Well, the father retires and wants to rekindle his relationship with his son and 
he realizes his son's really, I don't want to say addicted, but really into Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. And the father at first is like, well, what's that? Like, it's just a game. And his son says, oh, well, it, it's more than that. You get to do more. So his father picks it up and actually ends up really loving it. And he actually hangs out with his son in game. And through that, they're able to share experiences and they take that kindling in real life and they bond and it's just it's a really like heartwarming story it and it, it it's different you know you don't see that kind of stuff even just like a whole like rekindling with a family like you don't really see that too often in movies they always focus on like the bad but this this show was just i don't know it was powerful for what it was i wasn't expecting it to hit it deep as it did yeah it's such a nice message to send and just kind of boost the just the gaming community in general. And yeah, it's it's definitely one to check out. It's not it it's serious, but it does it in the right way. Yeah. And it takes games to like a whole nother level. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it's on Netflix too, still, I think. Yeah, I think it's a Netflix interested. exclusive, isn't it? Or wasn't there produced by Netflix? Uh it said it was on TBS. Oh, okay. And then it was released on Netflix in 2017. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely a great one to check out. And, you know, we poke a lot of fun at these video game movies because most of them are, frankly, just bad. (laughs) Like, most of them suck. But lately, we've been having kind of a resurgence in that when we're looking at things like the Castlevania show, right? It's a great show based on a game. Or talking about, you know, Rain Over Me or, you know, Dad of Light. And, like, there's ways to do it properly. Or even The Witcher show. Like, that's really popular. I haven't checked it out yet, but I've heard it's very good. Dude, you need to watch it. It's good. The new season's coming out in a few months. I think it's about that time I should pick it up so I can catch up with that season. There's actually a lot of game stuff happening. I know they're making one, I think, for Assassin's Creed and... That'd be interesting. Splinter Cell, like all these old franchises are getting shows. It's crazy, crazy time to be around. Yeah. And it's nice to see this new adaptations where it it's being taken more seriously, where it doesn't just have to be a cheesy like B movie or like a like a bad kung fu movie. Right. Like it it can be something more. It can it can really help us out and just be like a real movie or a real show right? it's. It doesn't have to be a joke anymore. And it's just nice to see. It's it's the same resurgence that we saw with the comic book movies, with the Marvel franchises, kind of mm-hmm. revamping those. Now we're seeing it with the game franchises where they're starting to be taken more seriously. And it's just, it's nice. It's really refreshing to see this stuff. And I think that's the main, like the big reason why we really wanted to do this episode was to kind of shed light on that. Yeah, but there are some really dumb movies out there, like the FP. Like, that's just a fucking stupid movie. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's entertaining. And it. I think we had to get that stuff out of our system to then start showing that, like, these can portray, like, deeper messages, right? Like, in, I mean, for how bad the FP was, it did shed light on, you know, like, domestic abuse and, like, toxic relationships, and things like that and like dealing with grief like if you really dissect it it does have all of those aspects in it but it's hidden in this shroud that video game movies need to be goofy right and it, it's yeah so it it almost started like kind of paved the way same thing with double dragon double dragon started dealing with 
crazy pollution and like, you know, riots in the streets and corrupt government and all that stuff. And like even talking about pollution, like literally the water that they were drinking or cleaning their stuff with the the main like river throughout now New or New Angeles lights on fire and that's something we're seeing today like that's just a real thing that we have to deal with and it's it's funny to see some of these nuggets of truth and like kind of wisdom and foreshadowing in these movies where they're trying to kind of push the envelope and actually show that you can take a gaming concept something that people are familiar with and then expand on it and make it much more meaningful to the audience and just give them something that's easier for them to relate to while they're experiencing this show or movie. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our little talk about some video game movies, the bad and the good, right? And the really, really bad. <laughs> but I hope you guys had a lot of fun here. And Please, 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 a uh, little call to action for you guys. Um, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts specifically, um, basically on any podcatcher that you're listening on that really, really does help. But the one that really gets the name out there that much more and helps grow the community more is Apple Podcasts. Unfortunately, they are like the kings. So if you can throw us a little five-star rating review, that will really help us. And be sure to uh, rate and review all the shows that you listen to because that's the best way to get podcasting names out there and spreading some love. Um, and then also make sure to follow us on Instagram where we are the most uh, active uh, glitch cube on Instagram, easy to find, but you can help us expand the community there. And yeah, that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week for another fun and exciting topic for you. And yeah, well, thank you very much. Oh, and if you guys have any favorite or hated game movies let us know i mean if you guys come with some good suggestions maybe we'll make a part two i would love to do a part two and yes the dumber the better please i really enjoy dumb movies so bring them on me too bring them on all right you guys thank you guys enjoy the rest of your week and we will catch you all next time and uh bye bye